0: so, by microphone, we are trying something a little dangerous today, um, <laughs> but we're in a series called Possibilities, as you see from the screens. Yes. Welcome, second week of Possibilities. If you missed last week, you can hear what I said about Possibilities last week, or you could hear what Tim said by going to our website, marthabohman.org slash media, where you can watch and or listen to last week's messages about Can I Be Forgiven? But this week we're dealing with the issue of happiness. Can I be happy? And so that, that's what we're looking at today. And we're, we're going to try something a little different. Uh, as you can see, Tim and I are both up here together. My name is Anthony, for those of you who may not know me. Um, and this is going to be a little dangerous, the two of us together, because I feel like what we're doing is we're kind of inviting other people into our relationship
1: well, it's dangerous also because we're both only children,
0: right, so we're going to interrupt each other in the middle of yeah only children so tend to right, cut each other they interrupt off. each other they do so, and uh you know we, we never do that, but I hear some
1: well, they would never be able to tell that we were only children
0: <laughs> that's true, that's true so, uh, you know uh Bob Moon said one time that with uh the two of us being together it's kind of like letting kids loosen the house with fireworks, so uh, i don't. I don't remember that being a good thing when I was a kid. Well, let the fireworks begin. That's right, that's right. Well, today we're dealing with the issue of happiness. Can I really be happy? And we're going to have a little bit of a conversation. We invite you to be part of the conversation. Don't really say anything, but we want you to be be a part of our conversation. We want to share with you because we're givers. (laughs) We're givers, absolutely. Um, And so we're dealing with the question of can I really be happy? And so, Tim, what would you say are a couple of things uh, that happen to be...
1: Yeah, um, people want and this is very unscripted, happy. by the way. Very unscripted. Um, very a, unscripted. Couple, a couple of things I'd say is, one, uh, to start off with, um, there is a natural desire for us to be happy. I right. mean, I think there's something in us, a drive, that seeks happiness, and, and we pursue that. In fact, I talked to someone this week, and they said, you know, really, Tim, given the subject matter, I think God wants us to be happy, and I, I would agree with that. I believe contentment is important. The key is, where do we find that? And that's what I want to mention early on in our in our discussion. And there's a couple of categories, and I think we can uh, throw them up as the P words. Let's talk about that a little bit, and, and if we've got them on the screen, I'm not sure if we do, but... Completely unscripted. Unscripted. Okay, I'm, I'm so glad you asked uh, the question. Right. Uh, and let's talk about some categories. One is possessions, and that, and that's kind of an obvious one. I, I mean, I, I really believe the Lord created things for our delight. I think he wanted us to utilize material things. The problem is they can never satisfy as our guide. Um, and what I mean by that, we, we find that um, if... Well, in marketing, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But marketing says, you know what, you're going to be really happy if you acquire this, if you buy this. And so we'll talk a little bit more about that and the deceptiveness of possessions. The The other is people. Uh, we tend to pursue people as a means of happiness. Now, once again, I really believe that the Lord, he did not want us to be alone. He wanted us to be satisfied in relating to one another. In fact, that's why we're here Because we have a need to be with one another. And there's something gratifying. There's something positive about being together. And I believe that's all ordained by God. The problem becomes, Anthony, um, is we tend to to look and let the people around us reflect our level of happiness upon us. In other words, let me me give you an example. How many uh, husbands are here with your wives? Okay, good. All right, what I want you to do, we're going to do a little test. I want you to turn to your wife, and I want you to ask her a very simple question. This is a test, okay? Are you happy today? Go ahead and do that. All right? uh, Delia, are you happy today? Yes. Okay, the results are in. I'm happy. (laughs) Because when... You know the you know the old adage, don't you? When mama ain't happy, and when daddy ain't happy, nobody gives a rip. Okay, and so what happens um, is, men, we've we've got an issue here. While we've always had as a high value being right, the choice is really yours. You can either be right or happy. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know they say happiness is a choice and so it's it's your call happy wife happy life so a lot of times we look to others to reflect upon us what our level of contentment should be and then and then finally prestige power um, basically when for example um, if if I could just get that promotion then I'd really be happy okay um, if I if I earn that accolade, I'd, I'd really be happy. Uh, it's always an if then, and it's always uh, happiness is always kind of out there uh, as a stretch for us to get to, and and I think that fosters some discontent re, uh, deep down inside. And so let me ask you, right. Anthony, if there was one thing, one thing that you could have, that you could possess? I mean, what's that one thing that would really make you happy?
0: You know, it's interesting you asked that. I actually was thinking about this this past week, um, what the one thing that would make me the most happy would be. Uh, And you know what, honestly, if I had to answer honestly, probably the thing that I want the most that would make me the most happy is if uh, I didn't have a senior pastor lording over me all the time. If I could just just have my own church and, uh, you know, have Everything where I kind of got to run the
1: show and so. Let let, let me share with you. Um, First of all, it's not all that it's cracked up to be. (laughs) (laughs) And and number two, we can make that happen. (laughs) We we can work something out. Um, But I want us to go to the scriptures today and 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 lead us into that because that's that's really where we need to get to.
0: All right. So we were talking this past week, and one of the things that we kept coming back to was this letter to the Philippians that Paul wrote. And we're going to look at chapter 4, verses 10 through 13. Words are going to be on the screen, and we invite you to read along with us as soon as they get up there. If you would join in with us. I rejoice greatly Greatly in in the Lord, Lord, that at at last last you renewed your concern concern for me. me. Indeed, Indeed, you you were were concerned,
1: but you had no opportunity to to show it. it. I I am not saying this because I am in need, For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me.
0: We, we, we started switching versions. Yeah, there. we did.
1: I had the King James Version going, sorry.
0: <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. New International. That's what we're working with. On I screen. know it. Sorry okay. about that. It's all right. <laughs> um, but th- this, is, this is a great scripture because it, it doesn't say the secret of being happy, but it talks about contentment, which is kind of a goal mm-hmm. that we want to be mm-hmm. towards, where, where we're content, where we're satisfied, where we feel good about where we are in life. And, and Paul is writing, and it's really an interesting thing. That, that Paul is writing from the perspective of of someone who has had a lot of reasons to not be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, for one thing, he was you know, something that so- social psychologists say contributes to happiness is your social setting. Mm-hmm. What your social status is will help fuel your happiness and your contentment. Mm-hmm. And with Paul, he had it all. He, he talks about this in chapter three of Philippians. He was a hebrew of hebrews he was from the right tribe he was from the right clan he he would, had everything you needed he was a pharisee considered blameless according to the law he had the cultural standing you needed he was both a jew and a roman citizen mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. pretty mm-hmm. rare but it basically gave him an in wherever he was and then he forsook all that for the sake of christ so that he could become a minister of the gospel and and what he what he said is i consider all that to be rubbish all that social Mm -hmm. standing i I push that aside Mm -hmm. all for the sake of christ and it it was my happiness is rooted in something more than just the stuff and the status and everything Mm -hmm. so he had reasons to be unhappy he was he was beaten he was thrown in prison uh, and that actually is part of what he's writing here
1: Yeah, and you're right and that chapter three really sets the stage for chapter four because as we talked about uh, chapter 4 verse 4 rejoice in the lord always again i say rejoice mm-hmm. you know there's a little something counterintuitive there i mean this guy's incarcerated he has uh he's distanced from his family his friends from from this church that has been so supportive of him and there's something crazy about that uh, in that his circumstances are not good and yet he is writing people about how to be content Um, and 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 i think that's important for us because i think there's a delineation between happiness and joy Um, happiness for me has more to do with my circumstances are things going well for me are things going my way Um, joy i think is something much different it supersedes circumstances um, it has to do with the presence of God. Right. I like what one person said. Joy is not the absence of suffering,
0: right.
1: but the presence of God. And, and he's in the midst of suffering. Right. I mean, and he knows that death really for him is imminent. But he's content, mm-hmm. and he talks about a secret. And right. I think that secret is critical for us as followers of Christ. And I'm going to ask you. Help us to see what that secret is.
0: Well, this is something that that really hit home with me a couple of weeks ago. I was uh, on a road trip with uh, one of my really good friends. We've known each other for a really long time. And we were driving from New Hampshire to Georgia. Uh, It's a 20-hour trip. And so when you're on a 20-hour trip, you're just creating things to do in the car. Uh, I mean, just don't even bother guessing how much longer you have is just just endure one moment to the next. And so we're, we're driving along and we're somewhere in the state of Pennsylvania and we're riding down the road and a couple of songs that we thought had interesting lyrics came on the radio. And, you know, sometimes you just sing along to what's on the radio and you mm-hmm. don't really think about what it says. But we, we decided to play this little game where the one of us that was not driving, not the one driving, but the one who was not driving Good. would pull up on their phone the lyrics to whatever song we just listened to and we would just read it, them aloud like you would at a poetry reading and just tried to comprehend it and so one song we came across you were bored we were we were <laughs> Pennsylvania have you ever been to Pennsylvania? I mean I come have, on. I right, So we're, we're riding along and there's one song that just kind of has some bizarre off-the-wall lyrics. Mm-hmm. Uh, he kind of has these little schizophrenic moments in the middle of it where he starts singing about something else mm-hmm. and it's a song uh, you don't remember but maybe some people will uh, the song Mr. Jones by the Counting Crows came out about 20 years ago. We have the the single cover up there. And mm-hmm. anyways, this song has kind of interesting lyrics. It's kind of going back and forth. And so I, I decided we're really bored. Remember that. right? So we, we decided we're going to look up and see the story behind the song. And it was interesting because the guy uh, who wrote the song, Adam Duritz, who's the lead singer of Counting Crows, he talked about how he came up up with the idea of the song. He was sitting at a bar with his friend, Marty Jones, uh, hence the name Mr. Jones. And while they're sitting there at this bar, they Mm -hmm. see this drummer from a a well-known band sitting at the other end of the bar, and he is just having the easiest time with the ladies. People are all around him, and and he's just sitting there. You you know how drummers are. We actually have a picture of our drummer, Jeremy, uh, up on the screen. Um, You know, you know, all right, all right. He's looking good. He is, he is. Looking rather dapper. Now Jeremy's married, so uh, go easy. But you know, drummers do have it a little bit easier. And so Adam Durr is sitting there looking, and he's like, "If I could just become famous, if I could just have a hit song, if I could be on the TV, then everything would come together, and it would be easier." Mm-hmm. And so he, he, he's caught up in that idea of if I, if I had the prestige, if I had the power, if I had the approval of other people. Mm-hmm. Going back to those three P's. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting about the song is that later on, he regretted writing it. And so when they play that song live, if you ever hear him play it live, it's not the jangly part that you hear on the radio, Mr. Jones and me. It's actually this really subdued version played with nothing but acoustic instrumentation and a little bit slower because what he realized is that when he got success, it didn't make him happy. It wasn't what he wanted. And and Mm -hmm. I don't know Adam Duritz. I don't know the guy who wrote the song. But this is is getting back to that secret. Mm -hmm. I believe that he will never find something that satisfies him until he gets to the point that Paul was when he says, I have learned the secret of being content. Whether well-fed or hungry, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength.
1: That's good stuff. I'm encouraged that I have an associate. I was thinking he was going to quote from Casting Crowns uh-huh. it was Counting Crows. Yeah. And you're exactly right. Yeah. I believe, you know, there's a great theologian that said there is a God-shaped void in all of us. And I think for, for Adam Duritz That's, uh, yeah. okay, for Tim Stephan for Anthony McPhail we can try to Make our possessions, and something that jams into there, but it will not fit. Right. We can look to others and somehow try to make them gods, but they're going to come up short. They're not going to fit in that god-shaped void. We can fame in his case, mm-hmm. and 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 uh, affluence. It's not going to get it. Um, it's it's you know I, I guess what if we were cruel we could say to him, "How's that working out for you?" You know, right. it's not working out well, and. And so I think Paul's helping us to understand the secrets out he He's letting the secret out, and that is inviting Christ to be that central part of our contentment hmm. um, and and I think that's critical. There's a byproduct to that and and that byproduct means that we get outside of ourselves
0: yeah, I think that that part of what happens is. I think you're exactly right. The secret is finding that contentment in Christ, having that relationship in Christ. And in a lot of ways, it it means kind of having tunnel vision on Christ, focusing Mm -hmm. on Christ, Mm -hmm. uh, and not looking around and being jealous of what other people have, not being envious of other people's situations, but, but focusing on that relationship with Christ. But I think that the counterpart to that is that not only do you look inward and fuel that relationship with Christ, but you also look outward. And when we mm-hmm. look outward, like Paul did, uh, and we mm-hmm. are intentional about helping other people, what it does is we begin to to grow in likeness. We begin to grow in contentment because we're helping others, and, and the focus is not on me, 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 me. And I, I think about just some of the tangible things that we can do. You you can partner to serve. You there are yeah. a lot of things. You, well, you're I'm, about I'm to interrupt well,
1: you. I, and I was, and it's an only child issue. Right. Um. And and I, you know. The Great Commission. Right. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's that's foundational mm-hmm. for contentment. The other piece to that you have just said, right. and that is love your neighbor as yourself. I, I would venture to say that, Anthony, you, you are at your best when you're investing. You're more content. You're more right. satisfied when you're investing in someone else, mm-hmm. when you're responding compassionately. Let me share with you a story, and then I need to go to the 11 o'clock service in the sanctuary. But real quick, I saw it, or, or it was reconstructed for me this week. My mother-in-law, Carrie Sue, 88 years old, lives with us in the Parsonage. She's got two uh, diagnoses. She has uh, Alzheimer's and dementia, and she has Parkinson's. Uh, she's very functional. Uh, she just doesn't know what day it is, and, and she has both short-term and, and long-term memory issues. But there's Christ embedded in her life, and we saw it this week at the, at right there about where State Bank mm-hmm. and Kroger's it's is located. Right no, on Zebulon. Zebulon. Okay. On Zebulon. On Zebulun, State Bank Kroger's. Um, there was a a young mother. She had a stroller in the heat of the day, and she held up a sign, and it said, "No job, no money, no food." Okay, Delia's driving the little SUV we have. Carrie Sue's coming back from a doctor's appointment. Delia's driving her, and she motions for Delia to move over closer to this woman. She wants to read the sign. She reads the sign, and amazingly, she can read. You know, sometimes she'll, her speech will be garbled, but she can read, print. Mm-hmm. And she motioned to Delia to, to get closer to this woman, and she motioned to Delia to roll down the window. And, and as clear as, as, as day, she said, Hand me a $10 bill out of my purse. Okay? And so Delia hands her a $10 bill, and she motions to roll down the window, and she hands that bill to this young mother. Now, if you know anything about Parkinson's, it can leave you expressionless. They call it the mask. Her countenance just shines. And she was smiling ear to ear. And I thought, when Delia told me that story, the secret's out. The secret of contentment is to live in Christ and to have Christ in us. And then it's to respond with the love of Christ. And that, for me, is what Paul's talking about. I can do all things through Christ who keeps me content in that truth. Right. There you go.
0: Well, I, I think that's the, the big takeaway for today is that uh, we focus on our relationship with Christ and we let that relationship with Christ fuel what we do for others. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that's what, what God has for us today. And so uh, we're, we're going to say a prayer and uh, Tim's going to slide out. Okay. He's got to go do another. Are you going to be able to handle the other sermon without me?
1: It'll be rough, but I'll, I'll work through we'll it. We'll pray for you, okay? I'll work through it.
0: <laughs> All right, sounds good. All right, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to, to focus on your word and, and just to experience the secret uh, that is there for what it means to be content. And uh, w- we just pray that in our lives that we would begin to reflect more clearly that the love of Christ, that the love of Christ would shine through in the things that we do, that that, that relationship we ha- have with Christ would not only fuel us internally, but also would prompt us to, to serve out in the world so that as we focus on the needs of others that we, we become content with what we have been so richly blessed with. Lord, we pray at this time as we get ready for uh, celebrating communion together, Lord, we just pray that in this act of, of taking bread and taking juice that, that you would be glorified, that we would experience your presence, we would experience your grace. And I, we pray just for the remainder of this service. We also pray for Tim, as he goes next door to, to preach at the traditional service, we pray that their hearts would be enlightened to to hear this message, to hear this secret, and to hear this truth. For it's in your name we pray. Amen.